from the campuses of East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, Tennessee, and Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia. This is Religion for Life. My name is John Shuck. I'm the minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. Our website is fpcelizabethton.org. Religion for Life explores the intersection of religion, social justice, and public life. Each week, I have an exciting guest, either from an academic field or just a person of interest to me and who I think will be of interest to you on this program. Today, it's a twist. I am actually being interviewed. This radio program, Religion for Life, airs on four stations. One of them is KZUM 89.3 in Lincoln, Nebraska. KZUM is a community station. All of the programming is done by volunteers, 70 of them, as well as a few programs from uh, the outside, such as uh, Religion for Life. And one of the hosts of one of the programs called Community Matters is Nick Hernandez, and he invited me to be on his show. So I went on his show live. He interviewed me, and then I had a chance to turn the table. So an interesting conversation right here on Religion for Life. I'm Nick Hernandez, and you're listening to Community Matters on KZUM. Today I have John Shuck, host of Religion for Life on the air. John, welcome. Nick, it is an honor to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being with us. Now, John's show airs here on KZUM every Saturday from 1 to 1.30. So if you'd like to catch his, his show, that's the time to tune in. And, John, tell us a little bit about uh, your story and where you came from and how you came to be where you are today doing what you do. All right. Well, I can give you the short version, I think. Um the uh, radio program you mentioned, Religion for Life, has been on the air for a couple of years. It's really a, a product, in a sense, of uh, my ministry career. I am a uh, Presbyterian Church USA uh, minister, and I've been one for 21 years. I currently serve a congregation in Elizabethton, Tennessee, the far northeast corner of Tennessee. It serves uh, what they call the Tri-Cities area of Johnson City, Bristol, Kingsport, and the surrounding area. And so I've been uh, a minister there for eight years. And then in Montana before that, and New York State before that, I, I grew up in Montana and uh, uh, in, in the Butte and uh, Whitehall area. And my, my father uh, was a chemistry professor and, and my mother was is who I learned my faith from. So between both of those, I had science and faith and, and uh, kind of a sense and a product of both of those folks. All right. Now, how did, uh, how did you get into radio yourself? Well, I was uh, a college dropout. I uh, was going to go into uh, chemical engineering at uh, Montana State and realized I, I didn't really have the heart for it, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, uh, and so I heard an ad on the radio that said, you can be a disc jockey too. And so I went to uh, radio school in, um, in Billings, Montana. And, uh, and actually, that is where I met my wife, who was also a college dropout looking for what to do. And so we were both actually disc jockeys in, Ray, in, in uh, Boise, Idaho, and then in uh, the Seattle market. And so that's, that was back ancient history. That would be in the mid to early, early to mid-1980s. All right. Now, uh, I guess kind of the, there's the spectrum of uh, a sort of feeling of connection with the universe uh, for some people, it's completely an atheistic uh, connection. Um, I don't know what the other end of the spectrum, what you would call that, but just total total belief and faith in the, um, the tenets of a, a religious faith tradition and 
Then you have people somewhere in the middle that say, I'm spiritual but not religious. Uh, what, what, uh, how, what is the, what's, what's your experience like in relating to where people are in their connectedness to these different dimensions of religion? Maybe what is religion and what have you, what has your journey been like in experiencing people's journey? Yeah, yeah. Those are excellent questions, and those are questions I continue to ask uh, in in my career as a minister and 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 on the radio program, of of what are we doing here? What do we mean when we talk about religion? Um, and uh, I can think my my own um, background. Uh, I grew up in a a pretty conservative denomination, uh, Southern Baptist in Montana, of all places, and then. Um, but kind of graduated beyond that and left that behind. And part of that was it was I couldn't quite uh, bring science into it, uh, you know, understanding of evolution or uh, respecting other religious paths. So I left it for a while and then uh, got back into it actually through my wife. Um, and I attended one of her congregations. And I remember the first sermon I heard was the minister talking favorably about evolution. And I thought, well, OK, I can probably go with this. Right. So uh, for me, uh, I think one of the challenges of religion, and I've had it in my own life, is how to religions or Christianity, let's say, uh, created in the pre-modern world, um, and so all of its traditions, its stories, its mythologies come from that area. How do we translate them, if we can, into a modern era? And I think much of the religion, religious hassles that we have, and some oddities such as creationism or things like that, are kind of not unsuccessful attempts at bridging that huge gap. Yet at the same time, there are beautiful things in our religious traditions uh, that, that have a timeless quality to them. And so uh, I think our task is to try to find out what those are and, and to keep those and to emulate those and, and to let the things that uh, should be in the past be in the past. I love it. If you're just joining us, this is Religion for Life. My name is John Schuck. The program you are hearing originally aired on KZUM in Lincoln, Nebraska, on Nick Hernandez's show called Community Matters. Nick graciously invited me to be on his show to talk about my journey. Now back to the program. Listeners, this is Community Matters on KZUM. I'm Nick Hernandez, your host. Joining me today by phone is John Shuck, who's the host of Religion for Life here on KZUM that airs on uh, Saturdays from 1 to 1.30. We're talking about uh, the intersection of uh, faith, or the lack of faith and community life. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, character strength. So uh, if you're listening along here and you'd like to get a, get a feel for what, we're, what we'll be talking about here, you can, you can join us by taking the Values in Action Institute's Inventory of Character Strength, and that's at www.viame.org, viame.org. And uh, we, this is uh, kind of the idea that everyone's personality is uniquely wired. Like we've all got things that are messed up about us and we've all got things that are good about us. And when we're doing, uh, if you look at the empirical side of yourself and what's, what's good about you, this inventory of strength assesses that and gives you a rating for yourself to be sort of aware of what your own character strengths are. And the idea is, in understanding what, um, exercising what character strengths, those habits of uh, thought, 
habits of emotion, habits of desire that bring you the greatest fulfillment in life. It's like, if you know what those are, then you can kind of calibrate your future actions. So, uh, John, I see that in your survey, you came out with bravery, love of learning, honesty, uh, critical thinking, and love is your top five strengths. Um, so here we are critically thinking about our strengths and I'll share with listeners mine. Mine are my top five are appreciation of beauty and excellence, love, gratitude, curiosity, and humor and playfulness. So, um, what did you, what did you think about this, uh, survey? Have you seen anything like this before? And does it, uh, uh, sort of resonate with the work that you're doing? Well, I, uh, yeah, I just took this and, um, I, I was a kind of surprised at first to see them. I, I don't really necessarily think of myself as a particularly brave person, but uh, as I uh, look at some of the things that I've needed to do, I suppose that is true. Um, but and, and love of learning is certainly also a, an aspect of what I do, which is certainly true with the radio program of getting to learn um, about other people and, and what they've written and what they've done. And so that, that, uh, that sense of curiosity is true as well. For me, what I, one of the things that I found was uh, that this interest, this focus on character strengths is uh, something that faith communities can use or workplaces or, or any organizational setting, and that is to have everybody there uh, do this inventory of character strengths. And on having done that, it, you can kind of reflect on the nature of the task at hand for the group and then kind of look to the strengths of uh, the people that are a part of the part of the endeavor to see and ask, like you know, who who would who would enjoy to do this thing? So, uh, I, you know, in, in planning for activities and committees at, at uh, faith communities, it's uh, it's a tool that I've seen that can be uh, that can have a positive impact, and it's it's from this um, big world of research that's developing on. Uh, well-being and positive psychology and the places where it's having uh, finding connectedness with the uh, research and the community life seem to be expanding out is this uh, have have you encountered this field of uh, research before in your in your journey uh, yet <laughs> or is this kind of a new a new area of uh, research that you that I've maybe have brought you to uh, stumble across. I hadn't known about this particular uh, inventory before, but I'd use similar inventories I have um, in terms of um, helping people develop their conflict management style or uh, the Myers-Briggs personality test. Um, I, I haven't administered that myself, but I've had that administered uh, within my congregation, and that's a, also a helpful tool. And this is one, too. I think it's so important. Uh, all of these characteristic strengths are based on those strengths, positive things. Uh, I think sometimes we tend to rate or judge ourselves negatively or others, and this one really looks at all of these positive strengths of uh, and, and those that uh, are particular to each of us. And we put our strengths together and we can make some, some good things. I, I think the, uh, the strengths that I have actually have helped me in terms of my uh, ministry and, and I think of uh, my uh, congregation as well. I think honesty is incredibly important in, in religion, uh, being honest about our traditions, about uh, scholarship and communicating that uh, equally. Uh, learning from a wide variety of uh, religious traditions and other people, I think, helps strengthen all of us. 
And I think uh, we need to take a stand um, for things that are important uh, in life. Um, I know that um, my congregation, for example, has taken a stand for uh, LGBT uh, people, uh, equality in church and in society. And I think uh, uh, that's an important thing for for us, particularly in, in sometimes a larger religious culture that has a negative impact. So being able to be a solitary voice out there at times is an important characteristic. So I, I detect the bravery theme coming out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, a, a little bit. I would say my, my community has emboldened me. Uh, and I think that the, sometimes these characteristics are, are bigger than even an individual, but maybe of, of a number of individuals. Maybe stepping back from uh, being right in the action and right in the experience of leading a conversation, leading a congregation and hosting a, a show about uh, religion. What is the vision? Is, is there a vision and, that underlies your work? What is that vision? And how do you seek to turn that vision into reality? I think if there's a vision that underlies my work is um, to be able to give people permission or, or, or be able for people to be able to say that they can take permission uh, for their own life and for their own decisions and for their own quest. Uh, and, and that's exciting. Uh, uh, the, the idea for me of a spiritual growth is one in which um, people are able to be comfortable in their own skin, to, to be who they are, to uh, be able to learn from others, to be humble about that, but also uh, to be courageous for, for what is right. Uh, so I, I, I think that, that, that sometimes religion makes it smaller, makes people smaller, puts them in boxes. And I, I think that uh, there's also a way of understanding faith traditions that can expand one's horizons. And uh, that would be my overall vision, uh, would be to enable people to discover the gifts they have in many respects, just like you've done with these uh, strength surveys and encouraging them to help people discover what their strengths are. Yeah, that was, uh, for some reason, I don't know, maybe I never got the memo growing up, but that there is uh, something good about myself. I ah. just kind of was oblivious to that. Uh, I just, I guess I just had a pathological uh, neurotic self-concept and <laughs> I didn't get comfortable in my own skin for quite some time. Well, you know, we get that message from, from culture. Uh, I think of all the advertising uh, that we're exposed to all the time. And, of course, the goal of advertising is to get you to buy stuff, and they do that by telling you you need to be this to be happy. And so we get all these messages of uh, that we're just not happy, we're not satisfied, and so we kind of internalize that. All right. I'll, I'll share a little bit about my own faith journey. Um, for, for myself, I was uh, raised in Kansas City, and went, grew up in the Methodist Church there and went to a Catholic college, uh, Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. I found myself uh, being drawn to the experience that some of my uh, non-Catholic friends were having in uh, sort of embracing the Catholic tradition and uh, sort of followed suit myself, uh, just hoping that it would have that positive impact on me. Um, one, one highlight was hearing the uh, theologian to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, Father Augustine de Noya, the, a Dominican pastor, uh, talk about the uh, Trinity as the central 
the central doctrine of the Christian tradition, and it was uh, really fascinating. And I kind of I pursued that interest for a long time. And um, one of the most fascinating things that I came across about that was sort of looking out at uh, you know the, the divine persons having this love for one another, and in between each pairing of divine persons, then having sort of a, uh, that love sort of outpouring toward the other person of the Trinity. And just sort of something about that is, uh, I think the concept was perichoresis, or this dancing around, uh, that a theological concept of the inner life of the Trinity, sort of appealed to me, not so much in a transcendent sense, but just being a part of a community and being um, a part of relationships where there's giving and receiving and... Uh, then sort of an outpouring with each friendship in my life and wanting to share that, the joy of that friendship with other people. Um, so for that, that was kind of my own experience and what really, what really sort of attracted me towards that message that uh, perhaps God is love. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was a, a very appealing thing. And uh, myself, I had... Uh, uh, ran into some substance abuse issues and found myself, the deeper I got into that, um, sort of uh, shedding an interest to have a connection to the transcendence and um, having it completely squashed out by, I don't know, it, it may have been the effects of that, but uh, being you know here sort of six years into recovery on this side of things, and um, I found... Strangely enough, that one of the biggest sources of joy in my life uh, has been taking a, a 12-step program into the county jail, and I've been doing mm. that for about two years now, and you know, sharing my recovery with others, and uh, it's just been so rewarding. And my my faith has come back, and I had a, a very human idea of a higher power, and that was this capacity for good in people. Um, that I really didn't notice until after I did the Strength Finder. Uh, that became my higher power as I worked through the 12 steps, and then eventually, you know, my my uh, my spiritual connection has opened up towards an openness towards the transcendence, and um, that's been that's been my journey so far. So this being a host of this show myself is another way that I feel uh, extending just sort of that just sort of a a sense of being given so much, um, so many chances at life and, um, you know, sort of failing for quite a while to, to see the good in life. But, uh, you know, getting into recovery and being able to help out in that way, it's, it's really brought out this sort of spark. So if you're listening and you're in a place of, you know, maybe where life seems dark, uh, my just my own experience has been focus on what your character strengths are and then just think about some way that you could just freely just engage your strengths in a way that can help others. And I think that can be a real strong door to sort of getting onto the positive side of the human experience. It's like, uh, it feels like our experiences, if there's either positive experience, avoidable suffering, and then unavoidable suffering. And, uh, finding tools to decrease that avoidable suffering and increase the 
positive experience in one's life is uh, something that is greatly enabled by faith communities for many people. And uh, I really appreciate the work that you do by talking about those things on the air. And I will, uh, that, so listeners, that's kind of been my faith experience. And if you have any thoughts on that or want to share more about your journey, John, please do. <laughs> well, you know, I, I uh, we have a, a lot in common. I, too, have been in recovery for about six years and have found that to be uh, a very important uh, part of, of my own spiritual journey. It very much uh, connects um, with being able to, you know, some things I can control and some things I can't, and to have peace and knowing when uh, when to do both, you know, or either, uh, is such a, a critical part of that. And, and one of the things that uh, my my program on uh, Religion for Life is able to do is, one of my visions you mentioned, is to be able to give voice to people on different places. So sometimes the people who are, are on the program are uh, all like Reza Aslan, who has a number one New York Times bestseller. Okay, there's that's good. But it also gives me a chance to interview people who will never have a bestseller, um, but who have right. a very important story to tell. And so I want to give voice to those people who have an aspect of, of spirituality or religion, positively or negatively, either one. We just need to be honest about that and be able to express that because that is a, a definite part of our life. By the way, you know, it was a Catholic priest who helped me out. Uh, when I was having my college, I dropped out of college and didn't know what to do. I, I hitchhiked from Butte, Montana, or Whitehall, Montana, to New York City. And on the way in Minnesota, it was a Roman Catholic priest who picked me up and didn't preach to me, didn't do anything. He just offered me some bread and water. And then he picked up another hitchhiker, and we listened to the Twins game on the radio. And that was what he did. And that was kind of a turning point for me, uh, coming negatively in regards to religion, to see uh, this priest act out love, act out uh, the Trinity, as you as you said, in many ways. Uh, and I felt, and that helped me in my own journey, too. So it sounds like kind of a, uh, you're an adventurer as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, you know, life is an adventure, isn't it? We, uh, we're, all, we're all on this journey, and I think we can uh, uh, appreciate that rather than get too attached to uh, something that's really not permanent anyway. My first time to Lincoln, Nebraska, was when I was on a big road trip that was totally unplanned. I just kind of started going, uh-huh. <laughs> and my car broke down outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, I was visiting the local universities for some reason. I think it's that appreciation of beauty and excellence. Uh, right. Universities always just are like magnets for me to <laughs> go check them out. So. I was visiting uh, Nebraska Wesleyan University, and I, I, you know, I got a hold of my folks, and they were, they said they'd be able to come up the next day. And in the cafeteria at Nebraska Wesleyan University, I heard a voice say, "Hey, Nick," and I, you know, I'm I'm from Kansas City on a random road trip, and I turned around, and it's a kid that I went to school with in eighth grade wow. <laughs> in Kansas City. So it's like. I had a place to stay that night. It was really incredible. So I've always sort of felt this affinity for Lincoln, like, uh, that I'm supposed to be here. This is Religion for Life. My guest, or actually, I'm his guest, uh, Nick Hernandez, is the host of Community Matters on KZUM, Lincoln, Nebraska, a community radio station. And he interviewed me on his program. And so then he gave me the chance uh, to turn the tables and ask him some questions like, 
Tell me about your show. What kind of guests do you get on your show? So I try to have people uh, kind of well-being researchers, and then I try to have, like, uh, creative community builders, entrepreneurs, philanthropists on, from, from here in the Lincoln community. Mm-hmm. And so you do this uh, program on KZUM um, weekly? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I heard about it. I started a, a neighborhood association, and there's a, like a neighborhood show on the station, and they, they invited me to be a guest. And So basically it's like, you know, how, like how can you do community building uh, projects in citywide that are informed by research on well-being and positive psychology? So that's the question that plagues me. Right. <laughs> Good. Good question. So they, uh, they, they had me on when I, so positivity matters is like the umbrella for all these things. So I, I, I see all my, like my work, I'm a dance instructor, teach ballroom, hmm. uh, neighborhood association. So how can this well-being play out through sort of a place-based focus, positive media? There's, there's a few journalists that have gone and gotten masters in positive psychology so I was like, oh, well, maybe I don't just have to read about the theory of positive media. Maybe I could try it. So this is my attempt at positive media. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, so, how, so. Yeah. How long have you been doing this? Uh, probably about like six months or so now. One of the first, once I started Positivity Matters, like the first community conversation I put on was on positive media. So I invited the... Uh, the engagement director for our local PBS station and the manager here at KZUM to, and then someone from the newspaper to come talk on, uh, you know, positive media and constructive journalism. And then I asked them if they'd be like advisors to Positivity Matters. And what is a definition then of Positivity Matters? What is, or what is it in a, a few sentences? Uh, so the empirical framework for positive psychology is uh, sort of an empirical research on positive emotion, engagement, or flow, like that that experiential state of just, like, really being in the zone. Sometimes, like, you know, what if, do you have any hobbies that, like, absorb you? Mm-hmm, yeah. So that, that there's, there's a research, researchers that study that phenomenon of when you're, like, totally in the moment and sort of that your observational self sort of slips away and you're just in the moment. Um, positive relationships, uh, meaning in, and meaning in life, and growth. Those are the big sort of five areas of empirical research. So it's like, uh, I believe it was Martin Seligman when he was the president of the American Psychological Association back in the late 90s. He's like, psychology, we've done a really good job of you know, empirically researching, uh, you know, sort of mental illness and what's wrong. It's like it's time we do empirical research on what's right and what's good and the upside of the human experience. So they, they created this umbrella for research that explores the upside. I, I didn't know the term for all of that, and but I, I, I find myself uh, liking to do it. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it takes a while to explain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, the easiest way I found is just imagine a scale of life: negative ten life sucks, positive ten life awesome, zero neutral. Uh, well, this is like the 
the empirical research from neutral to life's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Nick, I really appreciate you uh, connecting with me and, uh, and inviting me to be on your show. And good luck to you and all, all that you're doing, and let's keep in touch. Will do. You've been listening to Religion for Life at the intersection of religion, social justice, and public life. My name is John Sheck, minister at First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. Our website is fpcelizabethton.org. More information about this program and links to podcasts can be found at religionforlife.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, hear us on iTunes. Religion for Life is co-produced by WEHC in Emory, Virginia, and WETS in Johnson City, Tennessee. Be well.